Hello and welcome to the Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion for October 16th, 2007. From Orlando, Florida, I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined each week by our team of Orlando experts, Bob Varley, Julie Martin, Corey Martin, Kevin Close, and John Maja. In this week's show, we'll discuss the top news stories on the Diz, including the story about disabled advocates who are pressuring Disney to allow segues inside the theme parks. Julie Martin has her next installment of Store Tours. Corey Martin and Bob Varley will tell us more about the new dining options available in the recently revamped Japanese pavilion at Epcot. John and Magi and Kevin Close will tell us some of the secret areas aboard Disney Cruise Line and give you some tips for your next cruise. All that plus Roundtable Rapid Fire and your emails on this week's edition of the Diz Unplugged. All right, we have a few housekeeping uh, items I want to mention this week. Um, first, we're going to have a special segment to release on Thursday this week. We'll be interviewing Michael Roddy, who is the manager of show development for Universal Orlando. He's one of the creative geniuses behind uh, Halloween Horror Nights. And this is actually going to be a new segment that we're going to do from time to time when we have good interviews like this to, to do. We're going to be calling it 10 Questions, where we ask 10 questions of uh, some of the people who are responsible for the things you enjoy experiencing when you come here on vacation. So be sure to check back with us on Thursday morning. We'll have that segment up for you then. I also want to remind everyone that we're uh, going to have a special Diz Unplugged meet and greet on December 6th and December 13th. Both of those are Thursdays. So if you're going to be in town and would like to meet the crew, be sure to RSVP by going to our show notes page at podcast.wdwinfo.com and just click on the RSVP, uh, the RSVP link. We'll be announcing the exact time and location shortly, but be sure to make some time to say hello. We already have about uh, more than 100 people signed up uh, hmm. to attend, so we're going to have a nice crowd. And if you're going to be in, t- in town, be please be sure to stop by and, and say hello. We'd really love to uh, get to meet you. We're looking to do some fun stuff. Yep. Uh, I know John and Kevin are uh, fe- have been feverishly planning things. I don't know what they're doing, but they're feverishly planning things. Corey, too. So. Oh, Corey, too. Oh, Corey's involved. Mm-hmm. Oh, Ooh, this could get his interesting. costume's almost ready. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we have Bringing to bring everybody to Sky Coaster. Well, we ha- no, we have to make sure we have whatever wherever we do this, we have to have a pole for Bob to do his dance. Bob's going to do his stripper pole dance. Oh, um, with the boot, wearing nothing but a thong in the boot. Yeah, so there you go. I didn't uh, see that train wreck coming from anywhere. <laughs> that's going to be real exciting. And uh, I just want to remind everyone also to be sure to check out our our, our uh, Diz Unplugged discussion forum at disboards.com. You can share your thoughts and suggestions on the show. We got a lot of great people on that uh, on that on that forum, and we've been having a really really good time getting to know everybody and kind of interacting with uh, some of our listeners. So uh, please go check it out and uh, let us know what you think. Well, I was really excited to find after our last podcast, Aussie John, our friend from Australia. He Hi, posted John. about uh, my idea for the Australia Pavilion, you know, out in the middle of the oh yeah, that's World right, Showcase I read that. Game. And I was just really excited about all his ideas. He had some really great ones, you know. He had the Sydney Harbor Bridge in there, and um, the Opera House, and a couple of other things. And I wrote him back, of course, and I was really excited. I'm like, thanks, you know, for all the lovely words. And <laughs> I told him I'd send a car to pick him up from the airport when he got here. <laughs> well, you know, it's um, I've, I've mentioned probably about a million times that my lifelong dream. You have to read the post to understand. Oh, Bob. Sorry, Bob. Yeah, you sent that. Well, he told, he said he was he was flying over right away with his money and his hammer to start building. So I told him I'd send a car to pick him up. Did, did you, you tell him it, it was a joke? Did you, did you hate Magical Express? <laughs> yeah. Did you tell him that Cotton Cam is the thing that's going to be picking him up? <laughs> no, I didn't say that. Yeah, that's probably good. Well, I think um, I think Walter and I are going to take a. I, I've been wanting to go to Australia for like my whole life. 
and I, I've been thinking a lot about it lately. I think next October is when it's going to be. October of 08. You'll um, have to pay him a visit. Walter and I. Um, and you know what's funny is that you know I, I, I bust Walter's chops. Walter's my partner, for those who don't know. And uh, I bust his chops all the time that he never listens to the show. And he's dying to go to Australia because he's a, he's a big um, fan of, of the sea and the ocean and the coral reefs. And going to see the Great Barrier Reef would probably be the highlight of his life. So we're going to see how long it takes him to listen to this show. <laughs> I'm not, he doesn't know we're going. He doesn't know I'm going to set this up. So I want to see how long it's going to take him to listen to this show and figure out yeah, what's going on. That, that, we're, uh, that we're going to Australia. Yeah, Walter's life theme song should be Under the Sea. Now, here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing. If by the meet in December, he still hasn't listened because the chances are really strong that's going to happen, those of you coming have to promise me you're not going to say anything. <laughs> I'm going to see just how long this goes. It'll probably be like the day before we leave, and I'll yeah, have to tell him. It'll be October. Of yeah. Maybe, maybe that's when he finds out to meet. Well, it's funny. <laughs> it's, uh, I, I, it's, a, it's an, I mean, he doesn't listen to the show that often because he's not, honestly, he's not a big Disney fan. He enjoys doing some of the stuff when we have to go do it, but there's a limit. He's definitely not into it the way any of us are. And uh, so, you know, listening to a show like this isn't really up his, up his alley. If we were going to sit here and talk about orchids and... Saltwater aquariums, Walter would be our biggest fan. But shy of that, uh, yeah, I don't have anything to say about. But I just, <laughs> I just, I bust his chops about it all the time in good fun. Kevin's and, like, uh, I like seahorses. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, he actually had. I mean, he had like seven or eight seahorses. I know. And then, he had a beautiful oh, aquarium. He had a gorgeous. He had a gorgeous seahorse aquarium. And uh, when uh, Hurricane Charlie came through and we lost power for seven days. There died. was no saving them. Oh. I am amazed. He also has a 300-gallon saltwater aquarium. It's a coral reef aquarium. And uh, that, that managed to survive that. I don't know how. Did the jockeys survive? The what? The seahorse jockeys. Did they oh. live? All <laughs> oh, right. Now, John's starting with the bad jokes. That means it's time to move on to the news. <laughs> exactly. Something new. All right. A pay, uh, first story in the news this week. There's been a pay boost for part-time cast members at Disney World. The Orlando Sentinel is reporting that part-time cast members will receive the same pay scales as their full-time counterparts as part of a new contract agreed to by the union and Walt Disney World last month. The three-year contract raises the pay scale of nearly 8,000 part-time Disney employees until the contract expires in September of 2010. A spokesman for Disney said that Disney wanted to align the pay scales, which is why the negotiations went so smoothly and apparently so quietly since we hadn't heard anything about them. Disney spokesperson Kim's, Kim Prunty said, Quote, our goals were similar, and I think and at the end of the day, we, we reached an agreement that meets the needs of our cast members and our company, end quote. The new agreement will mean a raise as high as 2 to $3 per hour for certain part-time positions. Good. And, and absolutely. Good, good. You can't pay them enough. Bravo. You can't pay them enough, and it's really nice for once to see a contract negotiation go so smoothly that we didn't know about it. So I, I just love the way they, they spinned it. Yeah, we've always wanted to align yeah. their salaries. They just, they just figured out how to do it, apparently. Apparently they needed the union to help guide them on, on the best way to do that. So, All right, our second news story this week. Advocates for the disabled are pressuring both Walt Disney World and SeaWorld of Orlando to lift their bans on the use of Segways inside their theme parks. Segways differ from conventional wheelchairs in that they require the operator to be standing upright in order to operate them. The group Disability Rights Advocates for Technology, or DRAT, claim that many people will have disabilities that allow, them, that allow them to stand but not to walk, like those with multiple sclerosis, and that they should be allowed to use the two-wheeled, two-wheeled vehicles as a dignified alternative to wheelchairs. 
But Disney is concerned that untrained individuals using segways inside the park could cause more problems than it solves. While some Disney cast members use segways while working in the parks, they undergo extensive training beforehand. A major concern is the speed at which a segway can travel. Some models can move as fast as 20 miles an hour, a major concern in theme parks where large crowds and small children are never in short supply. SeaWorld of Orlando echoes Disney's concern and has also banned the use of segways inside their parks. Universal Orlando allows segways only on a case-by-case basis. I got to agree with Disney on this one. I agree too. It is at, this is you know I I appreciate that making you know what if you can make things easier for anyone who needs additional assistance inside the theme parks you absolutely should. But there's a safety concern, and what bothers me. Well, first of all, why would you come up with a name? The acronym is DRAT. The special interest group is going to have a tough road to hoe. And the reason for that is the man who invented Segway never wanted it licensed as uh, to be associated with the handicapped or as a handicapped accessibility device. He never registered it as that. It's never been approved as that. And he refuses to even discuss it. I don't blame him. Well, it, it's apparently he didn't want it associated with that. So that's one of those things that they're going to have to hurdle that first. And, well, you know, the thing is that, I, like I said, I'm, I'm all for anything that's going to make uh, Disney World or any public place more accessible for people with, with any kind of disability. However, you know, disabled people are not the only people in the world. There are other people whose needs we have to pay attention to. And the fact of the matter is this is an accident literally waiting, waiting to, happen. to happen. And, I, I, you know, if they were, if they were as Disney spokesperson pointed out, we're not telling people not to come in the park. We're just telling people, if you're going to be in the park, these are the vehicles you're allowed to use. And I think they are completely within their rights because you know the first time somebody gets hurt, it's not going to be the guy riding the, driving the Segway mm-hmm. that gets sued. It's going to be Disney. And as far as I'm concerned, Disney's, Disney's on the right side of this particular argument. Now, don't get me wrong. I would love to be able to go around the parks in a Segway, but I, you know, I think that this would probably be abused more than, you know, Teenagers going rent ECV. I have vehicles. a bad back. I need a Segway to go around the right. park. Right. There's um, Bob. How fast does your ECV go? The regulated speed for Disney property. Well, I mean, really, <laughs> Disney's I mean, oh, answer the question. Answer the question. Really, about, about twelve miles an hour. Or twelve miles. An hour. That's oh. how fast Segways go. There are two keys mm-hmm. for a Segway: a red key and a green key. And they've said if people would use them on as a red key meaning that they have a top speed of about four miles per hour, that would be fine. However, they're almost certain that that's not going to happen. And there are some models that go even faster than 12 Mm -hmm. miles an hour. You have some models going as high as 20 miles an hour. You can't have something like that in a theme park. You can't. No, it's way too too crowded. Any ECV that Disney has in their parks, any of the water mice on their lagoons, any device you can drive at Disney World has a governor on it to prevent it from going too fast. The ECVs are stopped at (laughs) 2.5 miles an hour. That doesn't surprise me. And Are I the ones you rent there? I, oh, yeah. really? Cool. My, my ECV is toned down, so it doesn't go as fast. I don't use it as fast because there's no way all the people dodging them. No. Car cam was going pretty fast. Well, car cam was speeded up because <laughs> oh, no. it was because of the video. We speeded the video up. Uh, yeah, he wasn't. Yeah. I, I, I wasn't going. <laughs> I think Corey was joking there, uh, Mr. No Captain Sense Bob. of Humor. Is that what happened? <laughs> All right, now our third news story this week showing no signs of backing down. Disneyland has upped the ante yet again in the battle over low-cost housing in Anaheim. Disney has successfully added a ballot initiative to strip the Anaheim City Council of the authority to make any land-use decisions in the city's tourist district, 
which would allow Disney to bypass the council on future decisions and go directly to the voters. Disney was able to get more than 31,000 signatures to support the initiative, and the Anaheim City Clerk, Linda Nagoyan, has said that she has certified nearly 20,000 of those, which represents more than 15% of the registered voters in Anaheim. And that was more than enough to place the initiative on next year's ballot. This is just the latest salvo in Disney's war against plans to build low-income housing near an area that Disney is eyeing for a new theme park. Disney says that it's doing this to, quote, protect the long-term health of the Anaheim Resort area. According to Anaheim Mayor Kurt Pringle, who supports Disney's position, this resort plan was put in place over 10 years ago, and if you divert from that plan, I think it's an important enough decision to ask the voters. However, SunCal, the developer of the controversial housing units, is pushing a measure that would require all development, residential or otherwise, to be approved by the voters, and that includes any land owned by Disney that it plans to develop. And this is exactly what I said was going to happen a few months ago. We were talking about this, that if Disney's not careful, they're not, you know, because what Disney wants is Disney just wants control, you know, to control what happens with the residential housing. They don't want anybody telling them what they can do with commercial zoning. And this is exactly what I, was, what I thought would happen, is it's going to come back and bite them in the butt, that somebody's going to turn around and say, you know what, all zoning has to be done by the voters now. And now every time Disney wants to do something, they're going to have to, uh, they're going to, have to put up a ballot initiative, which is going to make their lives miserable. It's going to delay development projects ad nauseum. And I think they have just pushed this too far, and I think they're going, to get, they're going to get in trouble. And, you know, I haven't heard any alternate offers. I haven't heard Disney come up with anything to say, hey, let's compromise here. They're just saying it's going to be our way or no way, and that's how Disney does business. It, the the thing said something about it took ten. This project's been in the works for ten years. Oh no! That it, what he was saying was that for ten years now the policy has been that uh-huh. all, um, you know, there's a certain way that these things have to be approved, and if it's going to be changed, that needs to go to the voters. I think it, the Anaheim Resort area was created ten years ago, wasn't it? I think it probably as an official resort area. Right. Yeah. I mean, you also have the, the mayor. On the other side of the coin from the city council, and the mayor's always been on the. Well, the side city council of, is split as well. I mean, it's not, yeah. there's no unanimity on the but city council. I want to be surprised if they don't announce the third park before they go to do this vote, so that it's in the works before anything happens. Well, you know what? Then I, I then Jay Rasulo just a couple of weeks made it very clear, according to him, that there are absolutely no development projects for a new theme park on the board uh, anytime soon. Yeah. That right now they are focusing on on building up other parts of their business, so I don't know. I I mean it's it's I just think that they could have handled it a lot better. So, all right, that's going to do it for the news this week. We're going to move on to rapid fire. All right, well that'll do it for the news this week. We're going to move on to rapid fire. And who would like to go first? Oh well, everyone else looks like they're kind of half asleep. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> I look around the table, everybody else is kind of like, That makes for a good show. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Actually, it's about Super Soap Weekend, which everybody already knows is November 10th and 11th of this year. Uh, They announced some of the stars that are actually going to be there from the different soaps on ABC, but there will also be Sherry Shepard from The View. Um, There are 10 people from All My Children. Uh, Two of them are Susan Lucci and Bobby Eakes. And just a little fact for everyone out there, Bobby Eeks was on Bold and the Beautiful at one time, and she played Macy. 
from General Hospital, there will be 10 cast members. Um, two of those are Julie Berman and Kelly Monaco, who I think was a winner on Dancing with the Stars, if I'm not mistaken, one year. Also from One Life to Live, there are 12 cast members, and Kristen Alderson and Trevor St. John are two of those. And then they also have General, General Hospital Night Shift, which I think is kind of new, and there will be three stars uh, from that show. Two of those are Dominic Reigns and Kent King. Didn't they bring... Uh What's his name? Um, he was big on General Hospital back in the 80s. Jesse's girl, uh, Rick Springfield. Isn't he on uh, General Hospital? He is. Shift? I think he's back on one of those shows, but I'm not sure which one because I don't watch him. Playing a cadaver? Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. I don't watch General I'm Hospital. I'm not sure, but I think he's playing like the twin of the doctor he used to play or something. It's something weird Well, the like original that. working title for that was General Hospital Has-Beens. <laughs> <laughs> but they also are, uh, have got given out information on the Fast Pass locations, which will be distributed starting at 8 a.m. when Disney MGM Hollywood Studios opens. <laughs> yeah, the problem is they're going to line up. Like at 4 a.m. for those. Right. I'm it's going gonna over be, after the show. It's going to be crazy. Yeah. Um, the theme park admission is required for the on-location autograph Fast Pass. And then on the website, it'll tell you where you can get your Fast Pass for each different soap. All my children will be at the stunt show. One Life to Live is at Star Tours. General Hospital is at the Indiana Jones Stunt Spectacular. So get there early. Get your little Fast Pass so you can get your autograph. Have a good time. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Julie. Corey. I have some parasailing information. It's not new information. It's just information. <laughs> if, you, if you're interested in parasailing, you can do this at Disney's Contemporary Resort Marina at the Sammy Duval's Water Sports Center. Now, they offer a few other things. They offer parasailing, water skiing, wakeboarding, jet skiing, and tubing. But I'm just going to let you know about parasailing. Reservations are recommended. You can make them up to 90 days in advance, and there is a 24-hour cancellation policy. Now, there are two options you can do. There's a single flight. The cost is $95 plus tax. Now, this is for 8 to 10 minutes in the air at about 450 feet. You can also do a tandem flight, which is two people. Regular prices, $160 plus tax. And you're up there also for 8 to 10 minutes, 450 feet. Now, you can also upgrade either one of these for $25 extra, and they just extend your time to from 8 to 10 minutes to 10 to 12 minutes, and you, they bring you up to 600 feet. Now, there are some restrictions. You have to be at least five years old to participate. The weight requirement is a minimum of 125 pounds, maximum of 320 pounds. And if, uh, if, you're not, if you don't meet the minimum requirement, you can do the tandem. So it'll kind of put sandbags in your So, pockets. I mean, yeah, there, aren't, there aren't many five-year-olds that weigh 125, so you'll definitely have to do it with Only your child. Only on Ricky Lake. Yeah. <laughs> I, actually, I actually went. I did parasailing over there. Did you? Yeah. It was fun. Now, it's more expensive than Castaway. I was looking at the prices of yeah. parasailing at Castaway Key. It's uh, $75 per person, and you're, you're up in the air for about seven to ten minutes, seven to nine minutes. You do you have know, to bill in the price of a cruise, though, for that. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah you have to the get price. the Castaway. Uh, Is this, are you trying to tell us something? Is this your next couple's thing to do, or are you guys going to do parasailing? No. No. I've never done it before, never, so well, I'd be down for fun. it. He okay. has, so I guess he's like... Rah. I've never done it here. I've done it at Castaway, which yeah. is pretty neat. One of the things, when they, I filled out the form, they asked me if I had any allergies, and I said, yeah, I'm allergic to falling out of this, this harness. <laughs> <laughs> so that was pretty funny. <laughs> uh, but it was good. Just pick a day that's not really windy is what right. I suggest because... So you don't you get do blown that. into the Grand Floridian? Yeah, that, that would be bad. But <laughs> Getting paled uh, on one of the sp uh, spires? Yeah, yeah you but, could do this seven days a week, yeah. um, weather permitted, 9 to 5 p.m. 
Yeah, so. they're out on Bay Lake. They go way up to the side. Yeah. But you can see a long ways away when you're up there. If you open your eyes, occasionally I open my eyes. So if you want to try it, something to do. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you, Corey. Kevin. I will not be parasailing. <laughs> Neither will I. Uh, mine is that Saratoga Springs Resort and Spa has added a land stay, has been added as a land stay when booking a land sea uh, vacation, a land sea cruise. You can now have a one-bedroom villa consisting of a king bed in the master bedroom and a queen-size sleeper sofa in the living room. And these units will hold parties of four plus an infant under the age of three. The resort option of stay- the, the option of staying at Saratoga Springs Resort is available if you're booking Category 4, 5, 6, or 7 on the Disney ships. That's cool. Cool. Kind of neat, huh? It's a nice Very. alternative if you yeah. have five really. people. Plus, you'd get the full kitchen and the washer-dryer. Yeah. Oh, and here's Max. The Diz mascot. Well, thank you, Kevin. My rapid fire is that there's a new concept store that's opened in the UK. Uh, Disney Store is apparently going through a revamping process in the UK. Again. Yeah. And they've decided to do this whole big uh, concept sort of performance type of thing. (laughs) The first of these concept stores is open in Lakeside Shopping Center in Essex. And it includes a 10-foot high tower. And and it's called the Heart of Disney, and it features a 360-degree wraparound plasma screen. Um, they're also going to have <laughs> I'm just reading what I wrote. What's here in front of me? 360-degree rapid screen, wow. wraparound screen. Oh, uh, among the other highlights, um, there's a overhead moving rail um, with Perspex plot pods. Who? I don't know. <laughs> I'm just reading what's here. Perspex. Containing toy Disney products, including Minnie, Mickey Mouse, Winnie the Pooh, and a fiber optic lit pixie dust arch framing the entrance. I wonder if that's like the train they have at the toy store. I think that's what it's like. It's an overhead rail that's going around, and I think there's probably like clear bins. and throw stuff in them. So for all of our listeners over in Lakeside Shopping Center, Essex. We want pictures. Yeah, get pictures for us. That would be cool to see. So they're just trying to add some technology to the store. Yeah, trying to make it more fun for people to come in and make it more of a destination. It's still not going to work if they sell crap. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly my point. That's why they keep having to uh, revamp these Disney. Well, Disney sold them off, didn't they? Didn't they sell off the rights to uh, the Children's Place? From what I understand, it's all all but the one in New York City. Right. They held on to New York City. I don't know about these in the UK. They still get a percentage of the take. Oh, I'm sure. Licensing the name. The Children's Place, the clothing store? Yeah, I thought yes. that was the company yeah. that originally bought uh, oh, I didn't know. the Disney stores Yeah, when Disney let them go. I'm pretty I sure like that's that too. I store. <laughs> Bob, what do you have? Pete, I, have, uh, I was over at MGM, and the Jedi Training Academy is up and running. Uh, is it? Yep. They, they have the stage all set up. We actually have pictures up on the website uh, of it, and uh, I spent some time over there yesterday and they have uh shows at 9 40 10 40 11 40 12 30 120 210 345 and 445 at the same time as you can make advanced dining reservations yeah <laughs> and uh what it is is mastering the way ways of the force and they have a, a jedi trainer type guy come out and uh what they do is they pick about 16 to 18 children out of the uh, out of the crowd, and they bring them up and they put them uh, these uh, brown robes on them that have hoods, 
and they give them a lightsaber. And uh, they all stand on their little marks on the stage, and they're instructed on how to use their lightsaber. And uh, so I have some tips for you if you want to have your child picked when you're going over to MGM that day. Increase your odds by dressing them in a shirt that's brightly colored. It's easy to pick out of the crowd. Lime green. Yeah, lime green would be. <laughs> uh, so, And the other thing, they kept telling the, the kids and the parents they want to see children that are animated. So when they're looking for people or children, make sure your child knows that they should be animated and show some excitement. Another tip is they tell people to be back there in, in 10 minutes before the shows. And I personally suggest after sitting there waiting for a show that you show up uh, about 20 minutes ahead of time. Uh, they have this like blue rug that they put out in front of the stage and people aren't supposed to go beyond that rug. As Bob knocks his microphone over. Microphone <laughs> over. Sorry. And uh, so you try to get the children up and try to get closer to the middle of the stage where the, the Jedi trainer is standing and that, that might give you a better shot at it. show runs 25 minutes. Uh, it's, it's fairly long. And uh, uh, Darth Vader comes out, and the children get to interact with each child gets to interact with Darth Vader with a light, lightsaber, which is really cool. And, and then at the end, uh, you end up giving back your, your cape and your, your lightsaber, and you actually get a certificate that they can take home. And I actually have my own certificate. Well, you so did it? He photoshopped it. Props. No, no, <laughs> I didn't. This is the actual certificate. And I have my lightsaber. Anyway. Uh, can't get his lightsaber up. I can't yeah. <laughs> get the lightsaber. But uh, it's pretty cool for the, the kids. And uh, so a lot of parents were going up to the cast members and uh, – you're playing with the lightsaber. That red thing, you got to push down on it, and I didn't push down on it. That's why it didn't work. Yeah, Bob, was the... Well, um, pushing down on it, still not doing anything. you got to flick it open. you got to flick it open like I was doing. Push down on the red thing and flick it open. I don't use the lightsaber. The red, yeah. <laughs> but you just do it like that. I could, but so that's... Your lightsaber's really short. <laughs> well, there's, really. More, there's more lightsaber Bob stuck inside. Bob has lightsaber envy. <laughs> no, there's more lightsaber. Well, you just didn't pull out... That is stuck at the top. you got to... I don't want to. <laughs> it's still short. It's the, it's like I the pulled, uncircumcised. I, I pulled over. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. <laughs> Does it turn on? Does it do anything? That's it. You turned it on already by pulling out the little stick. Turned it on shaft. again. Okay. <laughs> turned it on. <laughs> you turned it okay. on. Okay. It's a piece of crap. <laughs> so, anyway. Uh, Did you stand on the rug? I, I didn't. I the didn't Star go Wars up. rug? I just begged for a certificate and looked really sad. I don't have a certificate. Sitting in the car. Just begging for the certificate w- looked really sad. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> that short lightsaber looks sad, too. <laughs> anyway. So I, I think tried. he got a broken one. <laughs> uh, one other. I think he's been broken a while. <laughs> My lightsaber's broken. lightsaber broke. dysfunction. <laughs> <laughs> also, while I was over there, I noticed that Osborne Light, the dancing lights... They got everything pretty much set up, and they're going to be ready to go November twelfth. Dolly's got them beat. When she no, goes, she, oh, she puts her Christmas stuff up like in August. Yeah, <laughs> Dolly, <laughs> right Dolly Parton's Dixie Stampede. That craps up already. 
No, oh, we went. We drove by year. yesterday. Halloween's she, not even over. Mm-hmm. She, I'm not. I'm not kidding. They have their Christmas lights. Trust up me, in it's like up. The wreath, August. the tree, it's up. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. But for those that are coming in November, uh, November 12th is the date they're going to kick off the dancing lights over at MGM in the back uh, lot area there. Uh, now, is that isn't that a little early, November 12th? Don't they normally wait until after Thanksgiving? It used to be Thanksgiving week, but. Everybody's, everything, everybody's doing everything early everything this year. Early, Susan so. Lucci wants to see them. <laughs> so, I mean, I was surprised when they said November 12th, and the holiday parade over at MGM uh, starts the same day. So they're kicking off the holidays early, and, you know, well, that's, that, uh, honestly, it makes that's sense good. because, you know, they're filling in that 12th to thanks November 12th to Thanksgiving is a kind of slow period, so they're probably figuring, you know, they can get more people in for those Well, days. and you know what? Uh, it's uh, uh, The more people they can get to see what they do with stuff like that for Christmas, the better. Yeah. Because they do a great job with it. Those Osborne lights every year have never failed to be fantastic. Last year, what they did oh, we was just amazing. out of this world. Yeah. Out of this world. I mean, I, I can't recommend it highly enough. If you're going to be in town and the Osborne lights are going on at MGM, that's something you make a special trip yeah. for. There's five... Five million lights, they were telling me, that are in there. I was at BJ's Wholesale Club the other day, and you can buy your own Osborne Lights dancing set setup now. It choreographs the lights and the oh, music. Oh, you're kidding. And it has all the music. It's the same Trans-Siberian Orchestra music. Are you uh, kidding? They don't label it as the Osborne Lights, but they've got this little tiny setup, so you can see what it looks like, and you can set your lights to go How on. How much is it? I don't know. I, didn't I know. knew it. I saw it in your eyes, Peter. You so <laughs> I must, Oh, no, I would not. No, believe I must me. have it. Believe me, no. I would never in a million years. <laughs> never in a million years. I must buy this for Bob. There's, there's a house over in the Dr. Phillips area that does that every year. They're over by um over in the Dr. Phillips area. We drive by every year just Where to see it. it? Down over the in the Dr. Phillips market. area. Oh, Fresh Market. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, fresh market. <laughs> he only I said it three times. I know. <laughs> Twice. I figured I'll Maybe I will do it. <laughs> just, to, just to tick off my neighbors. This might do it. I wish more people did it. I mean, I love decorating our house for Christmas. If you do well, that, well, Corey they, does it. But I mean, you can take him off more <laughs> than the, the guy on the roof. I love watching Corey box. decorate our house for Christmas. <laughs> I mean, the outside. But if Corey, would, if Corey would string my lights, I'd more than happy to let him do it. I, I'd enjoy that as well. I so, don't think people are going to mind you putting up the Christmas decorations. I it's think you've you had enough issues with people in, on your roof, Pete. I'm not getting up there. <laughs> it's putting the you speakers in your front yard. Well, he had yeah. the he had the guy on the roof with the boom box going. No, please, week. please, please don't. We do won't. we have to? Do we have to bring it up? Do yeah, we have not. to bring up no. these people? These 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 disgusting people who have been all over my house for the last three weeks. These pigs, pigs. They're all pigs. <laughs> Sorry. Oh. All right, that's going to do it for rapid fire. All right, we're going to move on now. And Julie Martin has her most recent uh, installment of store tours. And what have you got for us this week, Julie? Dum dum dum. It's Stump the Round Table Store Tours Edition. All right. <laughs> oh, great. Stump the. Okay. Now, I just, I'm going to give you guys a hint. My store tour was in Canada. So I have 11 questions here that I'm going to ask you guys, and we'll see how many of them that you know. Okay. I can't play because I was helping. Get <laughs> sure. Okay. What is, loud what is Canada's national animal? The beaver. Good job, Kevin. Name a type of wine that is only made in Germany and Canada. Riesling. No. Germany, a wine that's only made in Germany, can I have no idea. Ice wine. 
ice one. I was going to say that. What's the capital of Canada? Ottawa. Montreal. Good job, Kevin. Oh, Ottawa. That's right. <laughs> How many states does Canada have? None. None. Provinces. Good job. Um, true or false, Canada is the second largest land mass in the world. True. Yes. Yeah, got one. What are the official languages of Canada? French and English. Good job, Peter. Name the second largest waterfall in the world. It is in Canada. Niagara Falls? Yeah. <laughs> See, this isn't that difficult. Okay, true or false, Canada is home to the world's longest highway. False. No, it's true. Can you name the highway? No. It's the Trans-Canada. Canada. <laughs> and then what year did Canada become a country? 2004? 1782. <laughs> it's 1867. Oh, and close. do you guys know their July 4th? Like their, you know, it's like, it's in November, their Independence it? Day? It's no, like, it's not. It's in August. It's actually July 1st. That's what I said. Two days before August. hours. So. Okay. Um, wh- where are the 2010 Olympics being held? Not in 2010 Orlando. Winter Olympics? Mm, it didn't specify, but I would assume it's winter. If it's going to be in Canada, it has to be. Well, I know they've done it. Uh, the, the last one they did in Vancouver, um, I would say Montreal. Ottawa? It's actually being held in Vancouver. Oh, maybe I, oh, maybe I got it wrong. What was the one before that? Though? Calgary. Calgary. That's right. It was Calgary. And so then, I, I, uh, I, knew, I knew Vancouver was in this somewhere. The bonus question is, what are the names for the dollar and $2 Canadian coins? The Looney... And, and the duo loony, Toonie. <laughs> the Toonie. <laughs> and the so, loony. all right. Thanks for playing, guys. That was cool. <laughs> I thought that would be fun to that add was. a little something different. That was fun. Um, to start off, I'm going to talk about the Canada Open Air merchandise cart. It's right there in front of both of the stores uh, where Northwest Mercantile and the Trading Post are. They have off-kilter CDs, Illuminations Reflection of Earth CDs, and also Candlelight Processional um, CDs as well. Cool. They have personalized leather, a pewter, and then all of your Canadian flags, tees, thimbles, and antenna toppers and pins, all with the Canadian flag emblazoned on them. So that's, if you don't feel like going into the stores and you just want something a little bit, you know, Canadian, go there. Uh, The first shop is Northwest Mercantile. It was actually my favorite. I really loved the Christmas ornaments that they had there. They're all designed after woodland critters. They have maple leaves and sleds and bears and reindeer and then little wooden puzzle ornaments. But they also have a handmade ornament in Canada. It's actually handmade in Canada. It's called Kitrus Art Glass. There are no two ornaments that are alike, and each is a symbol of growth, strength, and the cycle of life. Each one represents the f- one of the four seasons. The winter is, of course, like your soothing blue colors. The spring is velvety greens. The summer is vibrant shades of summer, which can be enhanced by the sunlight if you were to hang it, say, in a window. And then the autumn is your fiery embers, which bring to mind magical sunsets. Those were actually my favorite item. They are a little pricey. Um, they were anywhere between thirty and fifty dollars, wow. assuming because of the size of them and the the handmade aspect. Also, they offer Hatley clothing, uh, which was formed by two brothers who grew up in a nudist colony, and their slogan is "Get clothes to nature." <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> everything is one hundred percent cotton. You know, stuff that's going to feel good on your skin. They sell children's tees, um, aprons, t-shirts, boxers, sleep shirts, socks, and PJs. Um, one of the sleep shirts actually said "Pajamas" on it. So I thought Jam that was kind of cute. Yeah. They have some pretty cool sayings. Yeah, yeah, they were. They were cute. They have those funny little hats with the ear flaps? No? <laughs> um, no, I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> I don't remember seeing them. They also have... Oh. 
Sorry, go ahead. They also sell three different types of ice wines, which are all found in Canada. They have Peller Estates, Enniskillen, and Jackson Triggs. They, the perfumes and colognes that are offered are Roots and Deauville, which are both made in Canada. Mm-hmm. They also have a body care line called Goat Mountain Soap Company, and I brought something for you guys. Props. Goats? Goats? Goats. Little tiny goats. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I brought each of you one of the soaps. Cool. So, But let soap. me tell you the names first. Okay. The first one is Beaver Butt Soap, and it's for Bob. Ew. Because, oh, of, all of, because of all of his fecal references. Beaver <laughs> Butt Soap. Look at that. There's also Whale Blubber Soap. the fact soap, that his face looks like a beaver's butt. Which I'm going to let Corey and I keep. Uh, what is it? <laughs> what is it? Whale Blubber Soap. Whale uh, blubber. Smells really good. John had once told me that he does not care what he bathes with, so he's going to get Dog Team Drool. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> lovely names See, if, he had, stuff. if he had cared you might have got beaver butt soap um, there's bear breath soap which I was trying to choose between you and Kevin with these last two but because since you're the only smoker at the table you get the bear breath Peter oh, <laughs> and then the moose spit soap moose spit <laughs> Who, who wants to bathe in something called moose spit? But they you smell great. You have dirty great. hippie soap in your bathroom. Well, I'd rather bathe with a dirty hippie than in moose spit. <laughs> okay, I thought those were hilarious and you guys would enjoy them. And they smell great and they everybody do. They likes smell soap. Fantastic. They so. do. Hey, hey <laughs> this one says, authentic Canadian beaver butt soap. There is no damn beaver in this soap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they all say that. If you read the tiny print, it'll say there's no moose spit in this soap. <laughs> So cool. I hope you guys you, enjoy bathing Thank with you. them. Oh, I love very much. Thank you, Julie. <laughs> Bob, feel free to share yours with Diana. Peter, you okay. Did I need that visual? <laughs> did I really need Beaver that visual? Soap? Yeah, I'll share. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Oh, oh, moving on. <laughs> I need. I need. I need to go to therapy now. <laughs> delete. 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 They also have Aunt Sadie's Incorporated candles, which. These are made in Massachusetts, so they're not authentic Canadian candles, but they smell really good. Oh, cool. They also have your hockey gear here. Every Canadian team was represented. They have tees, sweatshirts, keychains, and even necklaces with the little emblem, the hockey emblem on them. I thought those were kind of silly, but hey, whatever floats your boat. Beer t-shirts were also something that was around, and they had these cute little slogans on them. The one that I remembered was, beauty is in the eye of the beer holder. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Roots also makes an athletic gear The company that I mentioned that also sold Or makes the perfume So they offer that as well And then moving on to the trading post Which is right next door And you don't have to leave the Northwest Mercantile To go into the trading post They're connected (laughs) But all of your maple products Tea, syrup, candies, cookies The maple cream and chocolate maple cream Are offered here they're made with Turkey Hill maple syrup, and they come in collecti- collectible bottles or plastic jugs. And they're the old-timey-looking plastic jugs, so they're really cute. Yeah. Canadian flags can be found here, as well as mugs and beer steins. The Jackson Trigg Triggs Winery is also... Wait, no. The Jackson Triggs Wines are also offered here, but it's just the Cabernet and the Chardonnay. And they also have aprons that are made by a company called Grimm, and they have really cute little wine anecdotes printed on them. I can't remember any of them, though, so sorry. I know. I saw, I've seen those. Those are really yeah, cute shirts. they are. I want one. <laughs> like, I wine a lot and stuff like that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> they also offer jewelry in this store. Both um, types are handmade in Canada. The O Canada jewelry is handmade on Prince Edward Island by B.J. Sandiford, and you can find it at happyglass.ca. The Monica... 
Montague Native Crafts is the other jewelry offered, and it's handcrafted in British Columbia. These are dream catchers and fortune bracelets and also an answer feather. So these are Native, well, Native Canadian inspired, I should say, not Native American. (laughs) (laughs) What's an answer feather? An answer feather, it is a small feather that you kind of ask a question to or make a wish kind of thing. And it talks to you? No, but in the spiritual, the Indian spiritual world. Okay. It, I guess it could. Why wouldn't they be Native Americans? It's North America. Well, I guess so. But I just figured since it's Canada, I'd call them Native Canadians. Hmm. That's an interesting point. It yeah. is. Not so really. I didn't know what I should say <laughs> to be politically correct. It was more interesting than Bob's feather question. <laughs> Kevin's like smelling his soap here. Yeah, he's getting high oh, on his smo- soap. Well, the smo- soap smells really good. <laughs> and then Montague also has a totem collection, which is really cool. They offered several different sizes as well. They also have Bill Nasagaluak, if I mispronounced your name. I'm so sorry. <laughs> they are prints of polar bears and other native scenes from Canada. Totem it's okay, poles. he's not listening. <laughs> Totem poles by Boma, which are made in Canada and come in an array of sizes as well. Now, the next item was Corey's favorite. They had these faux stuffed bear and moose heads that you can hang on your wall. <laughs> they're really cool looking. They are really they're not oh, big. They're I tiny. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the smallest was fourteen ninety five, and the largest was 40 bucks. Did you get one? So for that's kind no, of pricey, I, I thought, for oh, okay. a faux stuffed bear yeah, or moose I just, head. I don't know. I, that, that, that's always, always disturbed me. If you're into that kind of stuff, go right ahead. It doesn't look real. It looks like a stuffed animal. Okay. So. <laughs> a stuffed <laughs> animal whose head is mounted on the wall. How yeah. twisted. Faux <laughs> oh, stuffed Mickey. Just get Mickey's head and put it on the wall. Maplefoot Babies by Stuffed Animal House, which basically are just your typical stuffed animal, but they're all um, native Canadian critters. Sea otters, killer whales, beavers, owls, eagles, and lobsters. And they also have a beaver that is... <laughs> a cuddly lobster. Here's <laughs> <laughs> your lobster. Go to sleep. <laughs> it was really cute. You should I believe seen it, it is. Yeah. <laughs> and they also have a stuffed beaver that's dressed as the Mounted Police, and it comes with the complete story of the Mountie and how it came to be. So that, I thought that was a really cool little gift for a child who, if he's into stuff like that. Faux animal skin hats, raccoon or skunk. Brother Bear merchandise, of course. (laughs) (laughs) The world's dullest movie. One of the things that stood out to me, though, they uh, have Anne of Green Gables merchandise. And I grew up reading those books and watching those movies. So they have like a paper doll kit, a journal, figurines, DVDs, and the books Well, didn't that take place on, um, isn't that on Prince Edward Island? I think so, yeah. Yeah. I like Prince Edward Island. Yeah, I've always wanted to visit there. And then, of course, your maple leaf Belgian chocolate from Canada. That doesn't make sense to me. But hey. <laughs> and they also have little eye peppermints, which are also made in Canada. And they come in a really cute little container. <laughs> but that's all. It was just two stores there in the kiosk. So um, it wasn't that much to cover. But for just two stores, I thought they really offered a lot. Are you going to buy us something at every store every time you go? Um, I think you should. <laughs> well, I wanted to start out that way, and I didn't. And then so we went go to back. Canada, and I was like, well, I'm going to get soap this time. So we'll see. We like surprise gifts. you guys with something else. When she's inspired. Yeah. Well, actually, Monaco is my next country, so, you know. Monaco? Monaco. Monaco. I meant Morocco. (laughs) I was going to say. I'll go. When did they add Monaco? (laughs) Australia is her next country. (laughs) Sorry, I meant Morocco. Yeah, she's adding stuff into the (laughs) world showcase. Epcot Casino. That was a secret. No one was supposed to know Morocco was added. (laughs) Morocco's already there. Oh. Monaco is Monaco. what I said. Oh, damn. <laughs> Sorry, Bob. <laughs> oh, no. uh, smell, your, smell, your, smell your butt. 
Beaver butt soap. <laughs> so I hope you guys enjoy your soap, you and you. I had fun. So. Thank you for my soap. That was excellent, Julie. Thank you very Thanks, much, Julie. and thank you very much for the soap. Uh, You're very welcome. I love my, my bare breath. <laughs> <laughs> I told Corey, I'm like, I don't want him to be offended. Oh, <laughs> uh, That's great. Now, thank you very much. Wonderful segment. Really appreciate that. And uh, we're going to move on. Actually, uh, Mr. Martin and Mr. Varley both had a chance to uh, eat some sushi mm. this mm. week. Mm. Uh, now that the uh, the Japanese the restaurants at the Japanese Pavilion are open to the public, and what did you guys think? Loved it. Unbelievable! I thought it was great. It was. They had just opened the restaurant. They haven't done the grand opening yet. That's this Friday's the nineteenth. Is they're doing the grand opening? But Peter. What they've done in that restaurant is uh, amazing. They've um, completely transformed it from what it used to look like. You know, you would walk in there before and kind of be lost. It's like, okay, which way do I go? Right. It was now. all closed in and everything. What they did, first they did was they, if anybody's been there before, they took the bathrooms that were right there off the, the hall in the uh, corridor there for the waiting area. They took them out completely. They're gone. Now you have to go all the way down by the cooking, past the cooking tables down that hall, and then way down the end. And that just opened up that whole area. And uh, it, it was amazing what they did. And uh, the training on the waitresses there was fantastic. Uh, everybody was bowing to us and, and very friendly. So you mean it was a more authentic the, the, oh, Japanese the entire, experience? The entire atmosphere is authentic. I mean, they, they, it's very, very modern. It's very elegant. They, um, it's, you know, there's a lot of, you know, with the design, you know, there's a lot of simple, simple lines they use and in, in everything they've designed. It's very open and airy. Um, you had the light coming in from the big windows that face the, uh, you know, the World Showcase. And there's also in the sushi area, there's like this huge, huge TV. I mean, it's not playing like football or anything. It's just, it's, it's, I want to say it's about it, 70, 80 it's inches. Be it's that, massive. Yeah. And it has photos, different photos of like Mount Fuji and, and different uh, net uh, scape works. My first, my first thought when I saw the big TV, I'm like, okay, this is a little cheesy. It almost reminds me of the little things you see in the mall where they, uh, the little flat screens where the, where the water kind of keeps moving. It, it was done very well. They, um, every, about every minute or 90 seconds, it changes and goes on to another picture. And then they have the, the sushi uh, area is against one wall, and they have, what, eight people doing the sushi? That's, that's a big focus there. You know, they, they used to have the Matsunoma Lounge and then the uh, – Got the name of the other restaurant. They they combine those, so it's now just one big. Mitsukushi. Yeah. Yeah, and they blew the, they dining. blew up the wall that separated them completely. So, from the sushi area, you can also look out over uh, the water, also, and it, it was simple, but it was authentic. Very authentic. I mean, from the design to to the way they treat you. Right as you walk in, there's somebody there greeting you, um, and you, you walk in and you have to make a right. You just everything's like very red. I mean, it's very. Yeah. It's done. Well, why don't you tell me a little more about the uh, the actual sushi, the food, and, okay. and what you got? Well, they um, well they've actually it's you don't only get sushi here. You can actually order a steak if you want. You can order chicken if you want. And the reason they did that was because they found that before um, you could only get this stuff at the at the hibachi grill, and they had complaints from. You know, say couples without kids that didn't want to sit at a at a table with a bunch of kids and and have steak that way. So now they're offering this stuff 
at the Tokyo Dining. So you can get sushi if you want. You can get steak if you want. It's all they've they've combined all these Japanese this Japanese cuisine into you know one restaurant. Yeah, we we focused on the sushi, and I ended up getting a. Uh, uh, Matsu Oma. Oh, this is going to be charming. Matsu Noma. Matsu Oma. Matsu Noma. I didn't get that one. Let, <laughs> I got the. Let Corey. Let Corey read it. Go ahead. <laughs> we, uh, now the the variety of sushi is um, it's great. They, it's about eight pages of sushi that you can choose from. My first thought, I'm like, okay, the prices are very, very reasonable. I guess because it was the environment we were in. Um, they, they, it is expensive. It is more expensive, but it's not terribly expensive. Say a California roll usually ranges. You go to a sushi place in Orlando anywhere from four, three three fifty to four fifty. Here it's seven dollars for a California roll. Two pieces of um, say nigiri tuna or anything. They usually range from two fifty to three fifty. They're five five fifty here. So you you have a you have a good bit of variety. The um, it, it was it was excellent. I when I eat sushi, I eat a lot of sushi. I had I, I ordered twenty five pieces of sushi. Oh yeah. <laughs> I had I had the rainbow roll, which is just basically a California roll with tuna, yellowtail, and salmon and avocado on top. Then I had a also had a volcano roll, which is a California roll and it has it's topped with spicy chili uh, mayo sauce. That was and, good. And then it's topped with sashimi. It really really nice. And also had two pieces of. Uh, Yellowtail, two pieces of octopus. Yeah, yeah. The uh, shrimp and the. I had a variety of things. Did they have any uh, combo platters? Have anything that was like if you bought, you know, you get some. Usually in a Japanese page, restaurant, correct. you've got there's a platter oh, and it's yeah. got 15 pieces in it or something. They like do. That. They had they had the sushi sampler and they also have like a, a sushi combination platter. You know, the sampler is eight dollars. You know, it comes it's more with, like an appetizer. Yeah, it comes with yellowtail, shrimp, and you know, two pieces of. Um, California of the California roll. roll, then there's the combination, then there's the sushi deluxe. So there are some combinations what, you can get. Tell me about the deluxe. Let me see how I can price The size. deluxe is twenty three ninety five. It comes with tuna, yellowtail, salmon. One piece of each or two pieces of each? They don't say. Okay. I, I would assume it's one, but but an order comes it's with two. It's normally two. two. Mm-hmm. So um, it also comes with three pieces of a tuna roll, squid, egg omelet, and salmon roe. But, I mean, the... Just the environment from A to Z is is done incredible. I mean, it's it's so different than what it was before, and the service. I mean, they're so they're so sincere and they're so polite. Before you sit down, the entire restaurant greets you in Japanese. I don't I don't know how they say welcome in yeah, Japanese. They, well, I mean, just in general, the Japanese culture places a very high premium on civility and and things like that. So that doesn't surprise but me. But before you never got that feeling of welcoming. Before the went into renovations, there was almost a sense of like they were disgusted. Yeah, yeah. I felt that way too. Everybody knew. So maybe it's yeah. They got rid of their entire staff. They brought uh, what do they say? Fifty people. Well, they're they're all from Tokyo. They they all came in um, around mid June. So they've been tra- since since it was going under rehab. They've all they've been training for four months. So they they have it down pat. Um, when they intro- when they come to the table, there, there's three of them. You actually have three people waiting on you. There's the head server, then there's the person in charge of your drinks, and then I don't know what the other one is. I guess she's just she maybe cleans the table, cleans the dishes. I'm, I mean, I'm every time sure. we every time the glass got like half full, they were all over it and changing the napkin and they and they. Water glass. It every, was amazing. Every time they come to the table and before they leave, they bow, which is which is a nice touch. 
very nice touch even even the menu is actually a kimono it's it's designed like a kimono and it opens up from the from the center which is i mean yeah the little touches like that make a big difference so you know we just touched on the sushi and we know uh, kevin's going to do the other parts of the dining experience in a couple of weeks and i'm looking forward to See what you know. See what comes of that. I like the fact that they're offering the hot food over on the sushi side. We go to we mentioned a lot. We go to Benihana, and it makes for a nicer experience for people who just don't want sushi or just don't want to sit there and and have the whole experience for dinner. So it's nice that you can get both in the place. Did you notice anybody offer ordering off of the hot menu at all? Did you, anything? No, we we were actually. No, we were sitting right by like the sushi bar. So everybody in that area was ordering. I, I was looking. I was looking all over sushi. the place to see, see um, what, how it came out. Yeah. Some of the dishes and the way they present the the food is, is really amazing. Also, now I wonder, uh, given the the depth of the of the rehab they've done, where they've just kind of changed everything and uh, redone everything. I'm wondering if that's what we're going to see at China. They recently announced that the uh, pavilion at China, the restaurant at China that they were extending that rehab to go a bit longer than they originally planned. And I'm hoping, I'm really, really hoping that they revamp it. I think they should do the same thing, get rid of everybody who works there and bring all new people in, train them from the ground up, and redo the food. I mean, I always liked I always liked teppanyaki. I always liked going to Japan. So that they redid it and made it better is just fantastic. I had heard recently that the restaurants that are being redone, the reason they're being redone, first of all, uh, the, the, most of the restaurants signed a 25-year contract. And what happened is the 25 years were up and they were offered, some were offered the opportunity to renew and others weren't. The other thing is these restaurants were built when they never expected the level of crowds that are coming through. Right. They never expected to have to service the number of people that they're doing. So what they're doing is they're making them much more functional. The way uh, the Japan restaurant, the Japanese restaurant, was cut up, it was cut up very small. I mean, Mm -hmm. there were small areas. I haven't been there yet, so I can't comment on it. But the fact that they're opening it up and making it bigger and brighter and more modern. You'll be amazed when you go in there. I can't wait. Now, just real quick, you walk up the stairs. Is it still the same greeting area, or have they moved that? No, you actually walk up, and and there's a wall right there. You can only go right. And right as you walk in, um, there's somebody there to greet you. You walk to the right, and that's where the Tokyo Dining um, reception area is. Is there still the, an elevator? The, yeah, they, the, that's where they actually end up greeting you is where the original elevator is. That's the only thing that stayed the same. So, And one other thing is they added two other uh, cook rooms in the back where they added the bathrooms. There's two other rooms that they can use, like, for private parties and things with the cooktops. With the hibachi grills. And uh, that's, so they've added, you know, uh, two separate areas. Those rooms have all been redone, too. They got new, uh, you know, Counters and Countertops, you have more grills. space now. Where, where you know, usually the hibachi grill, you you're, you don't have much space to eat. the The grills are smaller, and you have more eating area. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, and they put new ventilation system in there too. They took out all the old stuff. So uh, overall, you find the changes to be Home really run. positive. Oh yeah, Home run. Home run. Okay, great. Well, we'll also look forward to hearing Kevin's review once he once he gets uh, over there to uh, experience some more of the food, but. Uh, that was great. Thank you very much, guys. And we also have pictures, and we have... Uh, yeah, we have pictures. And we have the menu uh, in our menu database. We're going to have links to all that stuff, along with everything else we're discussing in our show on our podcast main page, podcast.wdwinfo.com. 
also in the menu on some of the items that we did that we did have they're um they're clickable you can see a you can see a photo oh of, cool yeah something i'm experimenting with excellent i know that'd be really cool excellent well thanks very much guys great report and uh, we're going to move on to our next segment uh, kevin and john are going to talk a little bit about uh, some of the uh, secret areas for you to enjoy on board the disney cruise line uh, last week's segment on the hidden areas of Walt Disney World was probably one of the most popular segments I think we've done. Uh, got a lot of great feedback on it. People really, really enjoyed it. So I think this is a, a great idea to do it for uh, Disney Cruise Line and offer some tips as well. So uh, what have you guys got? Well, um, there's not as many hidden or secret areas on Disney Cruise Line or, or related to Disney Cruise Line as there are for Walt Disney World, obviously. It's a small ship, and people can get around. Plus, the information is out there on the Internet quite a bit. We're hoping to share uh, some of that information with people who don't know it, but also maybe some tips and tricks for for enjoying your cruise a little bit better. Um, the first thing that, that I want to talk about is a lot of people, when they get to the port, they're, they're so focused on checking in and getting in line and waiting to get on the ship that they ignore the floor of the terminal building. And the floor of the terminal building is really special. It's, I guess you would describe it as a relief map of the Caribbean seas, correct? Or is it's it? It's all terrazzo. It's it's a huge. The whole map, the whole floor is a map. And there's actually the Magic Kingdom is on there. You can find the castle on that as well, as well as Castaway Key and all the different places that you're going to visit on your it's cruise. It's a great way to entertain your kids while you're waiting to get on the ship. It really is. And a lot of people just blow past it and it kind of, in general, I think the terminal gets a little bit ignored because there's that excitement of, I need to get on that ship. It's really a cool place to just sort of explore a little bit. One of the tips I have, I'm going to sort of interject my tips when you get Go to ahead. areas like that, is that there's really nothing to eat at the terminal, nothing you would consider food. There's um, snacks and some fruit and things like that and some not-so-great coffee. Not so great coffee. Yeah. So if you're getting yeah, there... Yeah, that coffee's awful. Yeah. If you're getting there early, you're really not going to be able to eat until you get on the ship. Either bring food with you or stop and get something before you get there. Don't plan on, well, I'll eat while I'm waiting. There's also adequate restrooms in the terminal. People tend to get a little panicky. You know, I got to get on the ship, but there's there's restrooms there that uh, will accommodate people very nicely. Now, one of the things that's sort of the one of the best unkept secrets about Disney Cruise Line are what's called secret porthole rooms. There are Category Ten staterooms on Deck Five that have been um, that have a partially obstructed view because of lifeboats. And because of this, they price, Disney Cruise Line prices them as a Category 10 stateroom, but you actually have a view outside. So a lot of people like to grab those staterooms because it gives them a chance to have... Yeah, and, a normal, and normal Category 10 staterooms don't have windows. That's Correct. the That's the hook here. Right. So you, you have a window. You have a little bit of chance to see outside. There's only a few of these on the ship. They usually go very fast, but they're referred to as the secret porthole Category 10 staterooms on Deck 5. So if that's something you're interested in, um, check them out. There's also another category of stateroom that's similar to that. They're called the reclassified Cat 7 staterooms. And these are partially obstructed veranda rooms. The same deal as with the, the Cat 10s is that there's a lifeboat that's going to partially obstruct your views and, and what you can do. And again, you're priced at a Cat 7, but you're getting something that's um, much better than that. And again, another one of the best unkept secrets is the secret uh, Deck 7 area. The far aft of Deck 7 is uh, an open deck that anybody can get to. 
um, you can hang out there. There's usually furniture out there where you can you can go and sit down and relax. What's really nice is if you have an inside stateroom, you can then use that. You can go out there and enjoy sort of being outside. You can also watch the ships pull into and out of port from there. I actually don't think this is as big a deal as some people make it. First of all, it's it's very warm out there. There are walls surrounding three sides of this deck. So you get it, it, it gets very warm out there. The other thing is there's not always furniture out there. A lot of times they use this area for the kids' area. When the kids' club, they use this as an outdoor meeting space for the kids. The other thing is anybody sitting in the uh, restaurant, the buffet restaurant, either Beach Blanket Bingo or Topsiders, or Topsiders looks down onto this deck. So no anniversary right there? Yeah, there's, it's, it's not at all private. <laughs> no. There's no amenities. If you find some lawn chairs or some chaise lounges, you're really doing well. You know, talk about a one-track mind, Corey. I don't know. Uh, what? What? Anniversary what? isn't an amenity, you know. <laughs> so I, it's available for people to use. I just people get very, very excited about it. And uh, the only thing I've ever heard is that it's a great place to get away from the crowd because it never is crowded. Yeah. They do close it too. We, um, our last cruise, I brought a kite on the ship because I've been wanting to fly a oh, kite off God. the back of the ship for a long time. And I went. We went out there like late at night to go do it, and the doors were locked. So. That's not my first so, thing I'd think so of. You know that's not allowed, right? You're not supposed well, to do that. Well, oh, well. Better to ask for forgiveness than permission. What are they going to do? Hit him? They can't That's pretty much been his slogan for his career with me, too. <laughs> so the next cruise, if we find out that you're in St. Thomas and don't have a way home? Well, I was waiting for the Kevin, way back. Pete, John, could you come get me? I waited for the yeah, last day. I flew my kite. To attempt it. Um. Not so much a secret area, but something that a lot of people don't know. If you book a Category 1, 2, or 3 stateroom uh, on the Disney ships, you can order off uh, room service off of any of the dining room menus. Um, the exception to that is that Category 3, you can't get off of the pal- you can't order off of the Palo menu. But Category 1 and 2s, you can, to your heart's content, order from Palo, order from the other restaurants. So that's a really nice added bonus for someone Man. booking a concierge room. Yeah, because you I'd have be that. Palo in my room every night. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Party at my house. <laughs> <laughs> and they're big can, enough to have a party in. Exactly, and I can eat my pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> or not. <laughs> I, you know, stop. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? I don't know. I don't want to picture Julie and Corey eating naked. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking about you. <laughs> I don't want to picture that either. Speaking of dining, um, <laughs> trying to segue away from that. Speaking of dining, um, Disney Cruise Line has added the dining plan for uh, 2008 cruises, land sea cruises. You can add the dining plan to your uh, stateroom, to your land portion of your cruise. So that's a nice option. That for is a, a nice option. For a lot of folks. Thirty-seven ninety-nine per night per person for guests ten and up, and nine ninety-nine per night per person for guests three through nine. So you're kind of extending your cruise experience. We're on the cruise, all the food is included, and you don't have to really think about paying for anything that sort of extends into the land portion. Plus, now you can stay at Saratoga Springs in a one-bedroom villa. And yeah. that, sh- that shows that the uh, cruise line is listening to people's comments and because people were asking for that. I think people thing. want, you know, they want the, the, the experience to continue. Yeah. Um. A lot of times to make people for people to make their cruises a little bit more special, you can order some in-room amenities 
to be waiting for you in your stateroom when you arrive. Um, order them right from the Disney Cruise Line website. And they've got some cool stuff. You can get cheese platters and bottles of wine and, and gift things put up for the kids. Um, however, I think that if you're looking for that experience, you want something special in the room, uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention Shirley at the uh, Perfect Gift. Of course. Um, Shirley's a good friend of ours, and... Uh, we have no financial or fiscal arrangement with her. We just think she's terrific. We just we love we love Shirley. So does everybody. Uh, I don't know anybody on the boards that doesn't that that's spoken to her or dealt with her that just doesn't rave about her. Yeah, she I mean, gets she's, great reviews. Yeah. Well, person. she's you know she's one of those people that that personality, and she's so good at what she does. And these baskets that she puts together, these are not chumpy baskets. This woman puts together. These are fabulous. Far better than what you're going to get from Disney at a much better price. She's also really terrific. She lives over on the coast, and she's really terrific at, um, at one point there were speed traps. Apparently, Brevard County had set up speed traps, and Shirley let everybody know that Brevard County was out looking. I shouldn't tell Brevard County this, but Shirley is great at keeping people posted. Um, weather. I, what's the weather like here? If there's storms coming, if there are special events that you need to be aware of because of traffic patterns. She's really just terrific at helping people, and I think that's really special. And again, while not a secret or something that people don't know, this is a great way to really make your cruise a little bit special, especially for kids. Um, everybody knows there's internet access on the ship. There are uh, there are terminals throughout the ship where you can log onto the internet and catch up on the dis boards and get your fix while you're at sea. Uh, Promenade Promenade Lounge, Internet Cafe, Cove Cafe, and there's also two areas. There's also an area for teens uh, on board where they can log in um, for a fee, right? For a fee, of course. The big thing is uh, the wireless internet access is now available in the staterooms. I love that. And now Corey used it, yeah. and he said it was a really great thing. And, uh, of course, there's a fee for that as well, and you have to have a, a wireless-capable laptop. What we want to make sure people do is um, be safe when you do this. Make sure there's a, a password on your computer so that um, you know you have that level of security. Also, make sure that you don't have your setup, your laptop set up to share files um, because you're on an open network. Yes. Also, don't forget to log out. Uh, I was I was on the computer and I decided I need to go downstairs really quick for something. I forgot to log out and my minutes were just ticking away. The yeah. importance of that is that there's no uh, unlimited package with the wireless. Right. So you're going to pay for the minute no matter what package you buy. So make sure you definitely log out in between. And as much as I wish they would do an unlimited package, I do understand that the that's all satellite. That's not broadband. Right. This is all a satellite connection. It's the only way you can get internet on a ship. And satellite, I don't care who you are, satellite's expensive. Satellite connections are very, very expensive. So even though I hate the price that they charge, and I wish they would do an unlimited package, I don't see how they could. I mean, there's have to be a big improvement in infrastructure as far as that's Or unless concerned. Disney puts up their own satellite. Yeah. You know, but... Give them time. <laughs> Could you imagine that, like the Mickey ears? Yeah, I was just thinking that. <laughs> One of the other improvements on the sh- on the ships just recently is the addition of the cell phone usage. Um, cell phone service is available throughout most through the ship through most of the major providers, AT and T, Verizon, Sprint, etc. What they suggest is that you check with your service provider to see if it's going to work and how much they're going to charge you. A um, couple of tips here is that the ship has to be eight to ten miles out at sea before you can use the, the cell phone service on board, which is okay because you're probably using your local service anyway. You're probably still able to get a land connection through that. Um, Am I the only yeah. person in the world that turns my phone off when I'm on a cruise? Yes. <laughs> I 
mean, it's vacation, people. Put your cell phone away. Nope. Those fees. Not you gotta, when you own a business. Yeah. Those Not fee, when you own a business. Those fees you got to check to make sure you know what you're spending when you're talking on the phone. Depending on where you are, you could pay international roaming fees. Right. The other thing that's important is that a lot of these fees don't show up until like two or three billing cycles later. So you're going to get your bill and go, woohoo, they forgot about me. You know, I don't have to it pay It can be a nasty surprise. It'll be a nasty surprise a couple Well, what of you should later. do is, I mean, contact your cell phone company before you leave. Most cell phone companies, I know Singular does. Um, I think it, I forgot exactly what it is. But you can pay a certain amount of month, a certain amount of money a month. And just for the time that you're gone, just turn it on for a month, turn it off when you get home. And it really saves you a fortune in those long-distance international roaming fees and even in the long-distance calls and things like that. So, Or the, uh, the international provider. calls. Yeah. But absolutely call your cell phone company and check. It may pay to, to get a, a calling card instead when you're in ports. A lot of the times the calling cards don't work yeah, in those ports. Yeah, there's a lot ports. of problems with oh. them. And collect calls? I made a collect call. I believe it was from Aruba. We went on a, a different cruise line, and we went to Aruba, and I made a collect call from Aruba, and it was two hundred and seventy-five dollars for oh. nine minutes. Yeah, it's. Oh. I mean, what you're dealing yeah. with, what you're dealing with, is these small Caribbean telecommunication companies, which is pretty much like Harry's phone company, right? And they can get pretty much get away with doing whatever they want, charging whatever they want, and you never know. You really just don't know what's going to work, what's not going to work. The other thing, too, with, you know, Julie said, I, who, who brings their cell phone on? I think most people are going to use it just for that quick connect to the I mean, kids. I bring it. I turn it off. Yeah. I write when I get on the ship because I don't want to be charged those outrageous charges. And everybody I know knows I'm on a cruise. And I'm like, if there's some sort of emergency, call I mean, me. you're just going to have to wait or call Corey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it's more for, you know, like maybe people have left kids back and they want to just do a check-in or check-in at home or just make sure yeah, that there's no see, emergencies. I don't like seeing these people like at the pool talking on their cell phone for 20 minutes. It's like, go yeah, somewhere that- else. You know, I'm on a cruise. I'm trying to relax. I don't want to hear about your boil on your foot. <laughs> And I know, I mean, I don't want to see that either. I'd rather spend my time on the laptop. (laughs) (laughs) All right, enough. I've got some great tips, and I don't want to take credit for these. I want to say right up front that I pilfered these from other people. These are not Kevin's tips. I've pilfered them from other sources, and I'm out and out telling you I stole them. But I think they're good ones, and I think they're ones that are a little less... Uh, you hear them less often. Everybody knows, carry your bathing suit on the ship with you because you're going to want to swim that first day. Everybody's heard that before. I thought these were a little more off the beaten track. Is that enough? Okay. Disclaimer. Good yeah, disclaimer. disclaimer. All right. The first one I thought is the uh, the ship's door, your stateroom door, is metal. A magnetic clip that can hook to the back of the stateroom door to put post-it notes or your navigators for the day. I thought that was a great idea. Just one of those magnetic clips that hooks to anything metal. You can get like a, a, a magnetic clip, yeah. You can get it like a... A stationary store or right. Office Max or something. I thought that was great. A uh, small, clean paintbrush for getting sand off your feet before you put your shoes on. Somebody said you just stick one in the ba- um, uh, plastic bag, throw it in your beach bag, and before you put your shoes on, you just take a clean paintbrush and go between your toes, and you get rid of all the sand. I thought that was cool, too. An extension cord. This especially works. Especially, uh, an extension cord with a power strip. So you can. Put, there's only two outlets on the ship that you can use, and if you've got a cell phone and a camera battery in your kids, um, we brought one. iPod happens and all the time. Game you don't have Boy. enough. You don't yeah. have enough uh, plugs in that. Blow rooms. dryer, flat iron, <laughs> <laughs> and that's just for Corey. Right. <laughs> um, a suction hook. You know, one of those things you lick and stick for drying bathroom suit or bathing suits in the bathroom. They'll stick right to the shower wall. There is a string. A, a string, yeah. Yeah, a clothesline. I never find that they work. That thing scares me. Yeah. 
I don't not particularly fond of it myself, but I thought the suction hook was a good idea. Very good idea. Laundry detergent, dryer sheets, and quarters. Bring powdered laundry detergent in the little snack-sized Ziploc bags, some dryer sheets, and some quarters. Somebody suggesting sticking the dryer sheets in between your layers of laundry. Makes your suitcase smell, smell fresh. Your clothes will come out smelling nice, and then you can use them later on. I thought that was a That's great a idea. Really well, if you wash idea. them beforehand, you know, they'll smell good, too. <laughs> yeah, but my suitcase... I'm sorry. I couldn't not say that. <laughs> <laughs> she cracks herself up. <laughs> it's a good thing. Uh, post, I like that tip. Post-it notes. I think that's great. I'm always looking for a note to leave John in the stateroom, mm. and it's always invariably around the edges of the navigator, so you know he never sees it. Mm-hmm. So a post-it note stuck to the mirror. And the lipstick written on the mirror, usually they get upset. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Highlighters for your navigator. A different color for adults, kids, and a family thing. Bringing three different color uh, highlighters so you can just highlight what everybody wants to do throughout the day. Kind of keeps you on schedule. Really big baggage, uh, really big luggage can be fit under the bed. People think that it won't fit if you just push it up to the bed. Those beds are made of PVC pipe, and if you lift up one end of them, they're fairly light, even with the mattresses on them. You can stick the biggest suitcase under the bed, and it'll fit down. The best thing is to do also is nest your luggage. Put the smaller ones inside the big one and then put show them all under yeah, the Yeah, that saves a lot of room. In it the does. Room. It saves room in your closet, too. Always nest your luggage, the bigger, the smaller ones inside the bigger ones. Peanut butter and jelly sandwich Uncrustables, the kind you can get in the market in the little cellophane wrapper. They're the just the center of the sandwich. And Mickey bars are available from room service, but they're not on the room service menu. Don't forget to ask for those. The PB&J sandwiches, if you're going out on a shore excursion or you're going out to walk around town and don't want to stop for lunch, they're great to stick in a bag, too, because they're already wrapped up. You also can remove the table from your veranda. There's that little round table, and someone suggested that her child... It looks like Slept a step. It? No, it looks like a step stool that she has at home. And as they walked out, she went to climb up on the table. And I can imagine that that oh. would stop anyone's heart. Wow. Oh yeah. If you think that this would be a concern, you can just have your room steward remove that table from your veranda. Never even mm. thought that's a about scary that. Thought, yeah, yeah, that's a really scary throw it thought. overboard. That's what I thought. These were good ideas that aren't heard a lot. Yeah, yeah, that's they what are. I went for. Uh, if there there are many people in your stateroom or you're all trying to get ready, there are showers up in the men's and ladies' locker room. Yeah. Bigger showers. So they're not those little Disney showers. And if somebody else wants to go up and take a shower and throw their shorts and T-shirt on, you can save some shower time getting ready for a formal night or any other night for dinner. That If somebody else uses the workout room showers, I thought that was a good idea, too. They have the hair dryers up there, too. Right. If either you or your children are not feeling well and have to stay in the stateroom for any reason and you don't like what's playing on TV, you can call guest services and they will bring you a VCR and movies. Will they? Yeah. I didn't know that. I think that's a good idea. I've been on that ship 14 times. He's telling me stuff I've never heard. If you are not happy with the temperature on your thermostat. Now, this person was suggesting that it was too cold in the room. There's no such thing for John and I. I, I'm right there with you. (laughs) Maintenance can come and adjust your thermostat so that you can lower your thermostat. You can do that on the very first day. Ask them to take the governor off her, and you can either lower it, or they can set it so that it can't be lowered if you're too cold, if you're one of those people that's cold all the time. So maintenance can adjust your thermostat a little bit in either direction so you can keep yourself comfortable. This one thrilled me. 
if you're one of those people who wants to carry lots of stuff to the beach at Castaway Key and you're one of the f- couple first families off the ship, there are free wagons to carry your stuff either to the beach or out to Serenity Bay. Yeah. There are free wagons for you to use to carry all your stuff. And if you've got one of those kids who doesn't want to walk on the hot blacktop or a lazy partner. I was just going to say, can I put in one? <laughs> Whatever your reasoning is, there are free wagons for you to use at Castaway Key. I, we talked about the fact that there is nothing resembling food at Port, the Port Canaveral Terminal. There's a couple of little fruits, or there they sell fruit, and there's a couple of little snacky muffins kind of thing, but you're never going to be able to sit down and have a sandwich. Eat before you get there or bring stuff with you. And my final tip, this one I thought, this just blew me away. In the room, there's a safe, and you have to use a card to lock the safe. And usually what happens is whoever's key to the world card locks the safe has to unlock the safe yes somebody suggested that you can use any key any card with a magnetic strip on the back of it so that if you have a sam's club card or a bj's card or your library card has a magnetic strip you can lock the safe with your sam's club card hide it in a dresser drawer and that everybody coming into the room will have access to the safe. Wow. You do not need to use your key to the world card. However, don't lose the card that you did use because you will have to use that to unlock the, key, the safe. But all it has to have is a magnetic strip on it. You don't have to use your key to the world card. Wow. I think I thought these were great. And these yeah. were the, these never are, knew that. These are tips from folks on the Diz board. So again, I have to bow to them. I stole these outright. Those are the, uh, those are the true experts on Disney Cruise Line, the folks on our DCL board. We have some... Amazing, uh, amazing information on that board, and some people that have really uh, spent a lot of time putting that stuff together. So, well, I don't want to take credit for something I didn't. Re- All I did was cultivate. Oh, you gave credit. You gave credit where it was due. <laughs> those are good things you made up, Kevin. <laughs> you're so smart. And those, those I, some, that's some, uh, some really some terrific information. That's uh, like I said, I've been on the ship 14 times. You tell me something I don't know. That's that's pretty good. So, all right, guys, thank you very much for that. Thanks everybody for your segments this week and that is going to do it for this edition of the Diz Unplugged Roundtable we'll be back with you again next Tuesday with another edition have a great week